Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 106 of Active Quest. Uh, my name is Chris Penwell, the beautiful British boy, and I'm joined by the wonderful Josh Nichols. Hey Chris, how you doing? That was very delayed, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like you're astonished at being called wonderful. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of something good to say and I couldn't, so I just said hey. Oh. So, okay, okay, that's, that's, that's understandable. Um, but we are joined by the Keyblade Master, PlayStation. How's it going, dude? Howdy. So, uh, PlayStation, uh, introduce yourselves to our audience, because it's been a while since you've been on. You're it on the PS3 uh, generation episode. Dude, I feel like that was episode 36, I think. Yeah, it was pretty... It was pretty it was like a year or two ago. I think it's wild because since like during that episode, I talked about how like it's not like Overwatch Two is gonna get announced anytime soon, and then like five <laughs> months later, it got announced. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I spoke it into the air. <laughs> but we we'll be talking about Overwatch Two actually. Uh, funnily enough, uh, later um, in the episode. But, um, it's great to be back. Um, great to be here on the active quest again. You know, I. I I uh, put all my other quests to the side and decided to make this the primary one. Uh, Wait, we I think appreciate that. I am level 106, and I was told that this episode was going to be at least a level rank of 85, so I think I'm over-leveled and ready to go. You, you still need that power of waking, though. Oh, no, I've, it was inside of me all along. Oh, Turns okay. Out. Okay, that's all good then. I had the MacGuffin all along. It's a Kingdom Hearts joke. You probably don't get it. <laughs> I bet Josh doesn't care either. <laughs> but yes, uh, today we are going to be talking about Overwatch 2. Uh, there's some news going on that it won't actually release this year, as most people expected. So uh, yeah, that's, 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 there's some trouble going on there, we think. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender, there was a tabletop RPG announced. So it's going to be like D&D in the Avatar universe, which is amazing. Yep, yep. Um, some Prince of Persia news, uh, unfortunate Prince of Persia news, especially for Joseph. Uh, sorry, Joseph, for that. And then we have some what-the-fuck THQ New Nordic news. Uh, it's been a while. 
but Embracer Group has acquired Gearbox Software and Aspir Media, so we're going to be talking about that. They're and getting then... all the pieces together for the 50 Cent Blood in the Sand remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. They're going to gonna hire the guys that brought the, the Star Wars games, like ep- uh, Episode 1 Racer, <laughs> to, to exactly. bring 50 to Cent Blood in the Sand. <laughs> to PS5 and Xbox Series X, all remastered in 50 cents uh, candy shop glory. Um, and then, you know, uh, we have Stason on, so we're going to be talking about some Final Fantasy VII Remake and how oh, the so developers were surprised players. <laughs> no! Not, the not, not at all. Final Fantasy expert to talk about it was, Final it was a, it was a coincidence, right? Because, like, you love Square Enix, I love Square Enix, and I saw this new story pop up this know, week. Square Enix has like... disappointed me a lot lately, but we'll see about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, we also have your listener questions coming in. Um, oh, also should mention uh, Joseph uh, is out this week. Um, I think he's visiting family. So um, we. No, I, I'm clearly the replacement. Great... Um, I see. I had my application uh, in the works in for a while now. And I'm and I'm just taking a spot. This <laughs> oh my god! With your permission. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Joseph will have uh, some um, tension with that, but uh, no, nah, he's he's good. <laughs> he's like, oh, fine, just take the spot. I've, I've I'm done with hosting anyway. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Stason, for uh, joining us last minute. So let's move on. Let's move to our quick news uh, first. So, uh, Prince of Persia: uh, Sands of Time, the the remaster, is actually on hold until a later date. We have a story from Push Square here. Uh, Sammy Barker uh, wrote this. It says Ubisoft oft criticized uh, Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake, which was originally scheduled to release on twenty first of January before being pushed back to eighteenth of March, has been delayed indefinitely. On the franchise's official Twitter account, a spokesperson for the development team in Pune uh, said that the passion and support... Oh, oh, wait. Said that the, quote, passion and support, end quote, um, of fans is driving F1 to make, quote, the best game possible, end quote. However, in order to achieve that, it's decided to release at a later date. So they basically just mentioned later on that the extra development time will enable our teams or their teams to develop, uh, to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. Um, so yeah, uh, that's not a good sign. And like how well it was received and went, you know what, let's do the same thing, but for Prince of Persia. And honestly, I'm kind of glad about that, you know, because Mm -hmm. when I saw the trailer for Prince of Persia, you know the remake i got really excited because i've never played it but i've heard nothing but great things about it same so i was like oh yeah i'm gonna get brought into the world in this fresh new way like most remakes have been doing you know because everyone's like it's gonna be like crash spyro tony hawk on that jazz you know on how it's being remade and then i watched the trailer and i was like these kind of look like ps3 graphics bro and like um mm. and i'm not a huge i'm not a huge graphics guy but i looked at some of the npcs in the background and i was like what the heck is that yeah <laughs> and also the prince's face is a bit uh derpy dude well, nathan drake and the uncharted like one same... look better than that bro yeah they had like wow. the same npc and like multiple shots in the frame too and it was really weird yikes yeah uh i don't honestly i don't expect this to come out this year 
Um, I, I think there was a lot that needed to be done. They had a lot of feedback from the trailer that released. And uh, yeah, they, they'll probably need much more time with this. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what comes maybe out. Maybe they'll blow here. my socks off with their next yeah, Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe the development team at Pune will get some help from some other external studios or um, they'll, they'll probably work something out because Prince of Persia is a really good name and I, I, I want this remake to go well because that will show Ubisoft to, uh, to, you know, to continue supporting this franchise that has been dormant for a long time. It'll right? also show Ubisoft that remakes work and we can finally get that Rayman remake. Please, for the love of God, in, give in the me style of Rayman, Rayman Legends, please. Yeah. Well, not not just that, like Rayman Two: The Great Escape. Please, just remake that game. I I and, want uh, that and remake so all the other remake all the Rayman math and reading games too, just for fun. <laughs> and then there I'd was, really um... like them to do what Bioware is doing with Mass Effect, especially the first game with uh, yep. the first Assassin's Creed too, because like the the story itself and like a lot of elements are really good it's just it's you know it's baked into 2006 game design and we've oh, come yeah. a long way since assassin's then so. creed one is the only assassin's creed game not available other than xbox yeah because game pass is the best system and best deal in gaming yeah i remember that you took his line <laughs> i know i know i had to beat him to it Oh no! Um, but he'll, he'll probably say it again like three more times. He's trying uh, to take your job, dude. I told you, <laughs> I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm going hard. <laughs> when Stacey's on the show, Schmidt happens. Okay. But every console. I'm sorry, I didn't finish my statement. It's not available on like modern day console other than Game Pass. So And it's just I don't know. It's not aged super well. Like I I, I played that when it first released and I you know, I I really enjoyed it and and even with having the experience of playing it when it was new, it, it's still hard for me to go back to that game. So I can't imagine how it would be for someone to, you know, try to play that one for the first time. So yeah, they really should remake yeah. that game. I've never played Assassin's important. Creed one and I probably never will unless it gets remade. It lays the foundation of like the Assassin's Creed series. The animus oh, right. like is very important, and I haven't played the first game. the The first game I played was Assassin's Creed Two. That's the best and one. I, I think honestly, with the way the timeline is going, like into like more classical kind of eras of history, I would love to see it progress into Constantinople again. You know, um, didn't I, I think isn't that what awesome. Revelations was? I don't remember. I think it was yes, but like I really like Revelations. It was more really like Istanbul, good. where um, Altair was and his story. Well, uh, I want an Assassin's Creed game to take place during Al Capone's time, but that's just me. That'd be that'd be sick. I, I, would I want really a dinosaur love that, one too. <laughs> I want one. To, I want one like in prehistoric dinosaur days. <laughs> that's Far Cry Primal, dude. But I want Assassin's <laughs> Creed Primal. I want to assassinate a T Rex. How'd that even work? I get up in its T-Rex brain and I pop in the blade. <laughs> Which is just a stick. It's a, it's a tiny little spear. <laughs> but we, 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 I don't think we can get that because Origins went around, went around and said, I am the first in the timeline. You know? <laughs> so we can't get that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the, the real that's origin the thing, right? story. 
In the real origin story, Assassin's Creed real origin. Desmond is also related to a Velociraptor. <laughs> hey, this is a Stadia exclusive because we don't care about this game. <laughs> Didn't Stadia die? <laughs> no, it hasn't died. We actually should have included this story. I think no. The first. It's the, the, funnier to the not studios, talk about Stadia. That's true, but the studios closed down, um, leaving oh. a lot of people at work. Um, oh, so I just made that still... comment then. <laughs> but yeah, St- Stadia is still working. Uh, it's still going. Um, but it doesn't look good. I, I, it feels like they're focusing more on the third party relationships than uh, creating their own content. So man, I, I think that's probably. I really wanted to see a Google exclusive, man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because honestly, I, I want to see more competition. I, I want to see. More games that push went like, down, like KFC came comes along and launches a console, but okay. <laughs> they should have been right. like a, an Ask Jeeves game. That would have been good, especially mm-hmm. since they took out Jeeves back in the day. <laughs> Can we get a Google simulator? You just Google stuff. That'd be yeah. fun. You know, someone can make that. It's VR. like um, it's like that adventure capitalist game, but <laughs> like you just Google. Very stuff. true. Uh, but yeah, this is quick news, and we got to steal the ship. Uh, so let's uh, go on upper and talk about uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the tabletop RPG. I'm so excited for this, guys. Uh, so in 2022, I believe, yes, uh, we'll be getting a core rulebook that comes with like character classes and characters and all sorts of stuff like that, and story scenarios. Um, so you can start creating your own adventures in uh, the Legend of, uh, well, the the uh, Last Airbenders kind of like universe and world, and then uh, in uh, you'll get further expansions in August and then February twenty twenty three with Republic City and the Spirit World. So it's it's a very exciting uh, concept, and I um and this studio that's behind the tabletop game Magpie Games. They've actually done a lot in this genre, um, like uh, the Sentinel Comics RPG, Thousand Arrows, Scion, and apparently it's pretty pretty acclaimed. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this uh, collaboration, and uh, I'll definitely run a game. Um, I think this is going to be fun. I know we cover video games usually, but uh, I, I thought this is a pretty big story to cover this week. And it's like it's like video game related. Like I don't know. For, to me, tabletop games they feel like just like video games, but like like physical. Like there's they still yeah. feel like video games because of all the systems that you have to learn mm-hmm. and utilize. You know, they they feel like video games that happen on a table. Like yeah, <laughs> and like table t- tabletop games are always like go long hours, just like everyday video games now. I mean, <laughs> let me spend like three days working on a D and D room. <laughs> the the cool thing is though you get a lot of value for your money because you know there's an unlimited playtime with that game true uh if i get I, it i'm gonna make a red dead themed avatar dnd game and that'd be and that'd be pretty cool because remember that when zuko did that whole episode with him <laughs> in the desert the like, zuko lorian <laughs> yeah <laughs> the zuko lorian yeah <laughs> We're gonna get silly this episode, and I'm loving it. Um, Wait till I bust but... out the Carl Reezer impression. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that is. It's <laughs> from Jimmy Neutron. From Jimmy Neutron, he's, oh. the, he's the big kid. You know the yeah. one that's like, "Hi, Mrs. Neutron." 
that's 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 pretty good i really like uh watching uh him sing covers of songs on youtube oh me too there's there's a video where he sings the sweater song by weezer and it's one of my favorite things i have seen a parody of stacy's mom but it's jimmy's mom and it's beautiful oh boy (laughs) chris did you watch jimmy neutron Yes, I did. Yeah, it wasn't my one of my favorites as a kid, but I did I did enjoy Jimmy yeah, Neutron. I, li- I really like Carl, and I like I like his friend um, yeah. Sheen. What's his Sheen? Yeah, Sheen, the one that got a terrible spinoff show. Oh, yes, I didn't even know that. I'm that, gonna that was, keep yeah, that out they, of my head. He got a terrible <laughs> spinoff show called Planet Sheen. That doesn't <laughs> sound good. I don't recommend it. And they tried to Not... replace Carl with an alien version of Carl. Which is what? evidence to me that they should have made the spinoff show about Carl. Because if Carl's such a good character, why'd we have to clone him? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so with all that uh, out of the way, let's go into our uh, news of the week. So, uh, the biggest news story of the week, I believe, is Embracer Group uh, buying Gearbox Software and Aspire Media. Um, so, yeah, this is a big story. Uh, THQ Nordic and their, um, their parent company is getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, this Gearbox story is uh, absolutely massive. So, this deal with Gearbox is valued at around uh, $1.3 billion. And, um, they will become Embracer Group's seventh operating group. Like their gearbox, they've made uh, Borderlands, they've made Battleborn. Um, but to be honest, outside of Borderlands, they haven't seen much success, right? So it's a bit strange to to Didn't see. Didn't Gearbox this make the that Godfall game that just, that released a couple months ago? They pub. They, yeah, that's that's another element as well. They probably have all these publishing deals. Um, they they didn't develop Godfall, but they published it. Oh, uh, right so uh thq nordic or embracer whoever you know they they have ownership of that now or or at least publishing um ownership uh so this is what uh lars wingifors i probably butchered that name uh founder of and group ceo of embracer group said he said gearbox is uh, well uh, quote Gearbox is arguably one of the most creative and valuable independent developers in the world. Well, not anymore. Um, we believe that the resources afforded by uh, Embracer will position Gearbox for continued growth in the years to come. End quote. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there was an update here. From, um, we're actually getting this from the Sick Axis by Tough Cub. <laughs> I don't know why he named himself that, but okay. Um, 2K Games, they issued a comment on the acquisition to clarify how it's going to affect the relationship with Gearbox and the Borderlands series going forward. To put it simply, it won't. Um, Quote, 
As the proud publisher of the Borderlands franchise, we're happy for our partners at Gearbox and this exciting new chapter for their organization. The merger does not change 2K's relationship with Gearbox, nor our role as the publisher for the Borderlands IP or any other projects we are currently working on with the studio. We look forward to continuing our long partnership with this incredibly talented team and delivering many more exciting entertainment experiences to gaming fans around the world. End quote. So, yeah, guys, uh, Embrace now has 57 internal game development studios <laughs> in 40 countries. Uh, so, yeah, they're getting absolutely massive. So what, what do you guys think of this Gearbox story? I'm hoping it somehow gives me uh, the remake of Croc Legend of the Gobbos. Like, they've got, <laughs> they've got the people. They could have one person from each of the studios work on this game, and it could happen, you know? Right, right. That's... That's all I got other than they're really big. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you said THQ Nordic uh, got them, right? Yeah, I'm, j- yeah. I'm just waiting for Biomian, okay? <laughs> that game looks so good. I want to play it. It has a release date recently, but like, I'm scared it's not going to hold up. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's definitely one of those weird ones that just disappeared for a while, but. Um... THQ Nordic has brought out some pretty good games like Dark Souls. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they brought Can you Gearbox back? developing like a, a Nick game? Can, That'd be can we? Can, a Jimmy can we Neutron get, game? Can, Danny Phantom? <laughs> Gearbox, Gearbox should make an Avatar game, bro. But Let's be real. <laughs> that, that'd, be, that'd be amazing. Um, I wrote about like how I'd love to see an Avatar game that's open world and um, that's just, not like, created from impact. dreams. I'm just kidding. Bad respect for that guy. Dreams, <laughs> dreams is awful. Um, to be honest, that, 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 that's pretty well here. Um, yeah, those levels aren't good. So, and the level so, creation is not. Hey good man, I, I've seen some pretty good stuff. They're just yeah, fan creation, like tech demo stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's no things that are like meat and potatoes. There's no meat and potatoes. Chris, these people aren't getting shop. paid though. They're just yeah, at man, home these drinking people, and these, making yeah, games. It's true. That's true. I mean, it's just like for obviously it's not going to be great to people who can't like draw, <laughs> right? Right. But I I, I but don't know. People it's are getting just... hired for these creations, bro. Yeah, I guess it's a little disrespectful of me, but like from what I play, the dreams, the curation system that Media Molecule made it is pretty poor because it just brings up like meme kind of games or like bad remakes of games you're, you're, you're forgetting we're living in an era where every every youth is memeing mm-hmm. dude we're in the meme generation bro that, that, we're too true. old for that stuff man no no i'll go back to like kitty platformers man i don't care give but me let's take, it, <laughs> let's take it back to gearbox here so uh, what what do you think is the future of the Borderlands series? Do you think they're ever going to make a new Borderlands game? I don't know, because it didn't seem like 3 did... I mean, it, I don't think it did poorly, but it didn't seem to make the same splash that 1 and 2 made. I have yet right. to play the Borderland, the official Borderlands series. Like, I played Tales of the Borderlands, but we all saw where Telltale oh. went. But, um... Hopefully, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll be affected. Because if border box, border box, Borderlands is a money maker, they're gonna keep keep making more. Right, right. Games and are the only thing that doesn't seem to end. <laughs> I know the pre sequel they uh, had two K Australia develop it, if I remember correctly. Um, 
and it has like those, those weird Australian kind of like lines and uh, sayings, which is very strange uh, with American accents. But you know, um, 2K has shown that yes, they don't need Gearbox to make another Borderlands game, right? So yeah, I don't know. Um, they'll probably make a new IP. Hopefully, it's successful for Gearbox and uh, Embracer Group. Uh, I, I think it's great. Like maybe they'll let them develop what they like. Or perhaps they could use like the Star Wars license, for example. Like, imagine like a looter shooter in the Star Wars universe. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Give me a Star Wars Fire Emblem. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's I want a good RPG, Star Wars. Yeah, right? yeah, that'd be good. That hasn't been done yet. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I would like that a lot. I I I doubt Gearbox would make it because they're more like a first person shooter kind of studio. When are we? gonna start seeing their games because like thq nordic keeps buying studios but like when's the last time they released a, a published a game uh, uh because th uh probably something shortly after destroy all humans remake thq nordic a lot of their twitter brands their twitter accounts are like yo we'll release games when we believe they are ready to be released like they're mm. like they're the kind of people that, they're kind of like square well they're announced something and then we'll wait like eight years and then we'll see something that would have been that would have blown our minds four years ago. <laughs> right. Uh, but I do want to bring up um, Aspia Media here because I think they're a little underrated right now and they're not being mentioned enough. Uh, but this is this is a big deal as well. Yeah. So um, they were acquired uh, by Embracer Group in a deal worth four hundred fifty million dollars. Um, so. Yeah, that's huge news. Uh, the Aspire Media team, they've brought out like Star Wars Episode One Racer, Star Wars Jedi Knight uh, 2, Jedi Academy, and Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Um, I'm just reading from my article here uh, on The Gamer, so uh, go check that out. So Gamatsu apparently reported that the studio has a major project in development as a, that has a $70 million uh, seventy million dollar uh budget. Uh, so that's uh, a pretty big uh project. That's, that's still a there. gang. And Aspire Media is a team of one hundred forty employees, right? And so they're no slouch, and they've also helped Two K release uh, a, a few games as well, I believe. Um, so yeah, massive. Um, I, I think both of these uh, purchases are pretty smart, especially if uh, THQ or um, they'll actually be working under Saber Interactive, actually. Um, like they'll actually, they'll probably be working on ports and re releases of older games, as well as making, like, making this huge, I don't know, $70 million project, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I wrote in the story that I think this game could could indeed be a Star Wars game, just because Aspire Media has that relationship with uh, Disney now. They've ported like a bunch of Star Wars games. Um, they've also worked on the the Old Republic, um, which makes me think maybe, just maybe, is this seventy million dollar project like the next Old Republic game? Because it was. Um, uh, 
uh, I, I don't. I, I, it was uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Sorry, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, they that the, there have been hints that there's a third one coming from an unsuspecting developer, and I think this might be it. So should we place our bets now? Place those bets, man. Let's let's, let's I, ring them in. I'll bet ten cents. I hope <laughs> that if that is what they're doing, I hope I. Re- I don't know. I really hope that it's good. I just. I don't know. That's a that's a really really big like dream sequel for me. So I'm you know I'm hoping mm. that like they get the money in time to. I'm hoping but, that Disney doesn't just isn't just having them rush one out because you know of the popularity of the brand. Right. But let, let's let's think about this though, right? Like Activision, they worked on the remasters of Crash Bandicoot, you know, and the, and Spyro, and then because those teams were adjusted to like what Crash and Spyro games feel like. Well, well, Crash in particular, actually. Uh, they made a sequel, Crash 4, about this about time that we'll talk about later. And uh, it was excellent. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe Aspia Media is fi- figuring out, okay, the, this is how all the Knights of the Old Republic games used to play, the Jedi Knight games used to play. True. And yeah. they're using that knowledge into this new game. But like that that's by the way, that's just speculation. It's not rumored for them to be a part of it. But I do know Maybe that it's though, a developer yeah. that's unsuspecting and people wouldn't like realize, oh, that's actually the developer. I think a lot of people are think thinking like it's gonna be Bioware, but apparently that's not the case. I think it's really hard to make a sequel that's been like people have been waiting for a very long time. Uh, King I, mean, <clears throat> I mean, I've been waiting for Psychonauts 2 forever. And yeah. like, that's still in development. <laughs> and like, I feel like it's never going to come, but oh, it's going to come. They just finished that script, man. All I know is Jack Black's in it. That's all I know. Oh, my bad. Famous YouTube star Jablinski games. Isn't it? <laughs> my bad. Um, big fan of his work. But I think if it's like Knights of the Old Republic, I know how big of um how big it was to people. Like it's one of those big heavy hitters. Like if you haven't played it, you're committing yeah. a sin. You know, mm-hmm. obviously I haven't played it, so I'm committing a sin. <laughs> right. So I think people are gonna be nervous yet excited. Which I think is justified. I you know? I think I think that developers are very. Um, I think it depends on how much passion is there. Yeah, yeah, and like with all these Star Wars games being put out, like, like I, they probably are passionate about the Star Wars I mean, franchise. Disney tends to be pretty like patient when it comes to developers making stuff using their IPs. <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, I've yeah. yet to see them rush a developer to make something. <clears throat> Star Wars <clears throat> Battlefield Two. <clears throat> I think that was more EA. True, true. Because <laughs> EA saw how much money Battlefront One made them, and they were like, "Oh snap, Battlefront Two, the biggest Battlefront game from like twelve years ago." <laughs> we're yeah, there was actually back. a phone call made from Disney to EA where uh, Bob Iger wanted to know why everybody was angry with Star Wars because of Battlefront <laughs> Two. Like Disney was yeah. not happy about yeah. that at all. Yeah, yeah, it was on major news networks that that whole yeah, st- yeah, and that, yeah. that kick started the whole loot boxes are evil. Yeah. Um, thing which you know and they're pretty uh, much gone now almost you know unless like they're in the free to play games so yeah I think that's where they're only allowed to be I think yeah yeah I think so too um 
but the gambling for kids is mainly like the main issue that uh, yeah. these governments have. Um, but yeah, talking about Activision actually with um, Overwatch and uh, you know those loot boxes, uh, Activision Blizzard doesn't expect to release Overwatch Two or Diablo Four this year. So this also comes from the gamer um, by Joshua Henry. Um, he's, uh, let's read a little bit here. Sad news for those hoping to get their hands on Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 this year. Activision Blizzard has announced that it does not anticipate uh, anticipate launching either title in 2021. The news comes from the video game company's earnings call for the fourth quarter of 2020. During the call, which focused largely on the financial earnings of the company during the final months of 2020, the executives at Activision held a short Q&A. During this portion, the executives revealed that while both games were still in development, their release was not expected to happen any time in 2021. They also did not provide a time frame on when they would be expected. Gaming journalist and presenter Jeff Keighley shared the disappointing news on Twitter. Okay, I think I think we're good here. There's not much teeth to the story. Um to the news really. It's pretty plain and simple. Um but I, I do think I, I do agree with Joshua here in this article that yes, I, I think like we should expect more news on Diablo 2 and its remake, a proposed re- remake from v- Vicarious Visions. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense uh, for this year because Vicarious Visions, they're a hard working developer and they can get shit done quick. Yeah, they, um, they made the Crash Insane trilogy. They made yeah. the Tony Hawk 1 plus mm-hmm. 2 remake. And Dude, I, I was sad to see them see them leave Activision. Me, me too. Me too. I, I'm really I sad. To... Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish they made more Crash or Spyro or Crash Team Racing games. Well, but obviously, no Toys for Bob has it. So, as long as we don't <laughs> lose Toys for Bob. I mean, I have hope that yeah. Madagascar remake will happen. <laughs> I love that game I, on the PS2. I honestly would love to see some Disney games or Star Wars games from Toys for Bob. I, I think that's probably where the next, the, the next step is. Like these really I'll call the mouse. I'll let him know. <laughs> cool, cool, and uh, we're also getting this mobile game Diablo Immortal. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird about Overwatch Two because we haven't seen a lot of this game for a very long time. It's probably been like a year, and their whole model was like, oh uh, yeah, Overwatch Two has a story mode and a few additional features, but basically, if you have the original Overwatch, you still have all the new content. Uh, and I don't think that's a good business model, personally. That kind of tells um, me I don't need to buy Overwatch Two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, especially <laughs> I haven't been bought Overwatch One. But yeah. I, I keep joking with my little brothers, like, bro, I'm going to get Overwatch Two. I'm going to get good for no reason at all, and not because... do anything with all the skills that I have. <laughs> yeah, and and now they they can't say, oh, um, psych. You know, <laughs> you don't, you need Overwatch Two to play the current version of Overwatch because they kind of screwed themselves there, um, yep. and they can't go back on that promise. So, and that you know, but it's Activision; anything can happen, I guess. Um, but I, I take I usually take anything that Activision says with a grain of salt uh-huh. because yeah. it's Activision, right? But right. you know, they've impressed me for the last three years, so they've made some good stuff. And apparently, there's uh, we didn't include this in the news, uh, um, in the news at all. But apparently, more 
remasters are on the way this year. I, so. I hear, like there's a there's a rumor in the mill about a potential Spyro Four coming, and I'm be, really stoked about that'd it. That'd be amazing. But Josh, what what do you think about this uh, new story here and Diablo Four and I've Watched Two not appearing? I wonder how much of it's from Activision trying to balance profitability and innovation on the titles without changing too much and COVID. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it's probably mostly COVID, but I also wouldn't be surprised that they're trying to, you know, leverage the properties into just being bi- bigger money makers while also kind of retaining the spirit of the other, you know, the series. I do find it really odd that Overwatch 2 is just even happening. I know that's not new information because we're already knew Overwatch 2 is happening, but I just think it's so weird that they're like, it's, I don't know. I, I don't understand what's happening with Overwatch. It feels weird that they wouldn't just keep making new content for the game. Yeah, it always. Playing. It yeah. sounds like Overwatch has always seemed like one of those games that will always keep pumping out content because of how frequent it would. Yeah, it's like they didn't yeah. need a sequel because we were just going to keep getting new content. Yeah, it seems uh, like we, World of Warcraft or something like that in terms of like it's a platform. Yeah, yeah and a lot of uh, multiplayer games have gone into that. You know, like Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite. You know they haven't had new games, and they didn't wreck like that. that right, because why would they need community. to make new games when it, they can exactly. just make new content for existing and, games? Like Rainbow Six as well, Siege. If you want to talk about like a retail product, that is um, uh, the, the actual game, and that's and then, just that platform has just been expanded. I mean, that's what I've been doing that with GTA Overwatch. Online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G- GTA Online as well. So it really feels like a misstep from Activision, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like I've watched two has seen a lot of revamps over the past few years. I just get that feeling where it, it's been missing for a while because they had to rethink it, like from the reception that the announcement had. You know, it kind of like like the announcement came and it went with a whimper. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I, it's, uh, they need to bring more new stuff into the game and make it interesting because I, I think they shot themselves in the foot with Overwatch 2 like, uh, because uh, a development on the original game is, um, is, is, is pretty slow. There's not a lot of events now um, and they keep recycling the same kind of seasonal stuff. But like you see other multiplayer games and they're they're more fresh they're more interesting you know fortnite keeps surprising people uh but with overwatch it's like the same old thing over and over again and i i i I don't have a need to go back to it because i'm just bored with the same routine i wish i was good at overwatch i like it but like i I wish i I was good at first person shooters it's honestly one of my favorite games of the past generation when i played it but now my friends dropped it you know i'm not interested in playing it anymore um, I only know one person that plays characters. Overwatch still. I only know yeah. one person. Yeah. That's my brother. Right. <laughs> right. Then they just didn't capitalize on the game enough, I think. You know? They kind of just dropped it and left it to die as they tried to make a sequel. I am interested in that like that story mode, though. Because I think Overwatch yeah. is a really interesting character. That lore is amazing. And I, I really want to play the story mode. Uh, but that could have been like DLC. That could have been optional kind of content like Fortnite Save the World, you know? Um, they could have made that work within the current kind of like... Uh, Guess it just you know, was never meant platform. to be. 
yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Overwatch 2. I think it's going to be turned into a 2.0 update for the original game, honestly. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so, yes, uh, next story here is uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, boy. want to surprise players with sequel. So, uh, yeah, this is a story at NME uh, by Suraj Singh. I probably butchered that name as well. I do not blame Joseph at all because <laughs> it's a tough job as a host, but uh, we're hanging in there, I, I believe. Let us know. Um, but yeah, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake co-director Nawake Hamaguchi uh, and producer Yoshinori Katase have teased surprises in the game's upcoming sequel. During a recent interview at the Computer Entertainment Developers Conference, uh, as translated by Twitter user uh, Aitaiki Mochi, I think that's right, Hamaguchi and Kataso said that the team is aiming to subvert players' expectations for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, although in a way they would enjoy. Quote, for those who played Part 1, they already have an idea of what uh, what kind of game we are making. We want to create a new game that lives up to their expectations, but uh, uh, I, f- I think that's a typo there. Um, but also throws them off in a good way, though, said Katase. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's see here. There's something else here, too. Elsewhere in the interview, Hamaguchi also confirmed that the sequel will take place outside of Midgar. Well, kind of duh, but okay. Uh, which Final Fantasy Remake was completely set in. When, uh, uh, quote, when creating Final Fantasy VII Remake, we decided to have the entire game take place in Midgar, and we created a realistic world within Midgar, he said. Um, and then, uh, quote again. In part two, we want to take that type of detail and allow users to experience how they experienced okay, Midgar in the remake, but with the rest of the world. Okay, end quote. Um, so, yeah, guys, it seems like this game might be more expansive, in my opinion. That's probably what the twist is. So it's going to be like Final Fantasy XV, where it's more open. But what, what do you guys think? How I've taken the FF7 remake... Um, is I don't consider it an, a remake. Like, I put a little colon in between 7 and remake. Like, remake is the subtitle because, like, from the way it's going, am I allowed to talk spoilers for, yeah, for the yeah, first game been, now? It's been like a year now. So okay, there. so, like, the way the first game works is, like, yeah, they're remaking important elements, but there's some, there's this weird mystery between some of the characters like the Sephiroth we're up against isn't the same Sephiroth from FF7 from OG FF7. Right. This is like Sephiroth from the the live stream. Aerith seems more aware of what's going on. Like she's more omniscient yeah. than usual. So I feel like the remake is, you know, while they're trying to change the events, like the characters themselves are trying to change the events of that original timeline. I, but I they're think... caught in this weird time. They're they're caught in this weird Groundhog Day situation. I I, I honestly think there's going to be a lot of changes with the remake. I think I, yeah, do, I we I saw that Zach Ferris a... they were alive. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like... So that's a huge twist. I I don't think Aerith is going to die in this. I, I think it's, I think she uh, is. I, I don't think she will. Like... Are we going to place bets? Uh yeah, let's place bets. All right. 
I bet Aerith still dies mm. because due to how significant her death is. Hear me out. Right. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. The graffiti in Wreck It Ralph. Aerithless. Yeah. Was what's <laughs> all leading up to this new game? A tease in Skrannix is talking to Disney while they're making Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> they were doing it. <laughs> that was in what, 2012, so like 2012. 13 years before they, the game yeah. even comes out. Oh my god. The, the, so Rick and Ralph spoiled, spoiled us? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I honestly don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I think it's, it's here's the reason why I think it's going to be completely different. Uh, the the remake universe or remake verse, whatever. Um, they willingly showed like the final boss fight from the original Final Fantasy game in Super Smash Brothers with Sephiroth as the DLC. And I, I feel like Square Enix wouldn't have done that if they were going to go the original route with the remake. You know. So that, that that's that's what I'm thinking, you know. I I don't think they'll. All, all I know they, is they, have, they would want to spoil it for people who are enjoying the remake. Like right now, we have two Sephiroths. We have yeah. re, like Sephiroth from the past, which is the one that we fight at the end of FF remake. Pastoroth. There we go. And then we got Sef the Sephiroth from the original timeline. And then we got Ross from Friends. Like yeah. in the middle of the two uh, <laughs> Sephiroth entities, and then just to make things weirder, we're bringing in we're bringing in Nick and Winston from New Girl as his like, henchmen. Yep, and we're really gonna get this Square Enix uh, NBC multiverse going. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's go crazy here, just as a joke. And like, then, um, remember when Cloud and Sephiroth uh, uh, disappeared after the events of Kingdom Hearts 2? I, I, I <laughs> smash, bro. That, that Sephiroth is, uh, <laughs> is in <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. That'll be the third Sephiroth that shows up. It's, 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 it's Kingdom Roth. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Namora because he's a crazy man. And somehow they'll make it all make sense. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. Somehow with like, all, hidden he'll, lore. He'll, he'll make fans very disappointed. <laughs> and very pleased all at the same time. That's how I would describe Namora as a writer. He is the only writer to have ever made me feel both disappointed and oddly satisfied at the same yeah, time. I, I, I can, yeah, I can definitely feel that vibe. <laughs> sorry for the randomness this episode guys like I, 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 you're in for a strange ride and it's you know what I'm, I'm down for it <laughs> i guess i'm no, taking no. over i'm coming for this job <laughs> <laughs> but yes um we will be back after this break so uh check back in and we'll answer your listener questions and we'll talk about what we've been playing so see ya. hell yeah Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, I do want to remind you guys to please give us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. Um, it really does help us, and uh, we like to see the reviews. It's nice to get some good vibes during this horrible, horrible COVID time. Um, also, please share it with your friends um, if you Andrew enjoy enemies. the show. 
And your enemies too, and your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, find a way to show it to your Earth Two counterpart. <laughs> uh. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people so that you can share it with. Um, I feel like Jeff Keighley dealing with like the fuck the Oscars guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm just yeah. trying to deal with all this craziness as the host, and he like he just comes off as awkward. That's me right now. <laughs> You're doing a good job. It's scary hosting, though. I feel you. Yeah, like I, 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 uh, you know, Joseph does a really good job, and sometimes uh, we, uh, you know, disregard that, right? And uh, I think he's an awesome host. Uh, I, I love him to death. You know. Um, so I still laugh about when Vaughn guested from IndiePod and yeah. I, it was just me and him because you and Joseph were busy. Mm-hmm. And I jokingly proposed the idea of him hosting. And then it got really quiet before we started recording. And then he got kind of, we got kind of quiet and I went, that'd be, that'd be silly. We can't do that. Can we? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. I, I think he was going to do it. We should totally do a swap, right? Where I'm the host of IndiePod and I say, the biggest of average, a Josh Price. That'd be good. Or, and then Vaughn uh, comes on to Active Quest and hosts the show. I always thought That'd it'd be, be funny the, too the to, have, to have like Vaughn uh, host our show and then say that we're out this week and then we're all like, and then we'd say that we're on, but we're guests. <laughs> um, be good too. So yeah, you have like four guests like host the show one day, mm-hmm. like four guests that you've had. Yeah, and <laughs> a guest. Yeah, and like they, they try, they try their best to imitate what you guys do. That'd be good. I would, <laughs> I would like be... that. That'd be chaos, but I'd One be totally got down to be for British, that. right? Just to make it believable. Yeah, that's true. And Stacey would be a good Josh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, <laughs> because I don't want an Xbox, and he's very oh, clear. True. That's very true. Game Pass is the greatest deal in gaming. No, you got yes. it wrong, Josh. You got what, what? What is it, Josh? It's the best deal in gaming. Oh, my bad. There my it bad. is. The best there deal in gaming. Uh, this is even do, better do than we merch? Do we have merch? Do we have a shirt with that line on it? I wish we, we did. Really that would be a great shirt. Like y'all should make... get away when are we going to get Active Quest merch, y'all? We have an Active Quest shirt on teespring.com. Um, we have a link in the description so you can check I, it out there. I, we need um, to get Active Quest condoms because then we could say practice safe sex with Active Quest. It's um, got a good hey. ring to it. When, when, I, when are you going to make Active Quest masks? Yeah, for free? an Active Quest mask. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be very good. An Active Quest bidet? Wash the gross away with I, us. I was actually thinking about an Active Quest shirt today, funnily enough. So I was thinking, like, oh, Active Quest is the yeah, best deal in gaming. You're an exclusive line of kicks? Mm-hmm. No, Active Quest <laughs> shoes? Socks? Comes with a free Underwear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but let, 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 this is this is going off the rails so easily. So let, let's go back and <laughs> part of the show where we can go off the rails. We're done talking news, y'all. <laughs> you know, you know what is off the rails? The, these questions. My oh, God, the, I'm this, so off the rails. I'm on a different train, y'all. But you know what? This one's sensible uh, from an unsensible name. So Jake, aka Creamy Dave. I love Ooh, Jake. He's a, good. He mm. he asks. When do you think the average person will have no issues getting a PS5? Christmas, 2021. Uh, when the pandemic doesn't exist anymore. 
That's, oh, that's yeah, actually a good point. Yeah, because production has probably gone down. But they make like what ten at a time. <laughs> I, think, I think I think definitely Christmas, no matter what, because they're gonna right. want to make that make up. You know, make Christmas. They gotta make that money. They gotta make that cash. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, and PlayStation Five that's gonna sell like gangbusters. When you got all like like God of War, you got Horizon out, you got um, Ratchet out. You know, that's it doesn't a lot feel of games like the consoles launched. Second. It kind of feels like an early access launch. It really does. Things, you know, and I really yeah, got I've that early mostly, access. I've been playing mostly PS4 games on my system, to be honest. Um, but you know, Destruction All Stars, pretty good game. I have not started it yet because I'm working on a different multiplayer plot at the moment. Mm. It looks mm. fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun so far, and I totally recommend it when you get your PS5, Jake. Um, uh, next question. Android, uh, Andrew McMahon. I was about to call him Android McMahon for some reason. That'd, That'd be, be a cool strange. name, too. Yeah, that would be a cool name. Um, he asks, what is your favorite sports video game of all time? Also, did you ever enjoy them because you felt like you were, uh, were living the dream of a pro athlete vicariously free playing it? Hmm. I can answer this question first, if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. Super Mario Strikers charged i knew you were Let's gonna go, say that <laughs> that's the best sports video game ever because like it has like that intense action of nba jam but in a football game and you know what no proper football by the way not, uh, not your soccer crap no football. i think i could top that i think i can top that okay. y'all. yeah but but like super mario strikers is is really fun energetic i love the combo style mechanics where like you pass the, the ball and it's like more exciting like there's more charge to the ball and then it has like these really cool kind of segments where you're trying to catch like four or five balls at the same time and man i love the character design's cool and how edgy it is i'm just like i just love this game i just love this game stason what, what, what's yours two words yeah we sports dude yes Yes, I, the I only game yeah. where I could be good at every sport known to man. <laughs> every every sport, I mean only five. <laughs> Boxing, Boxing golf, bowling, tennis. baseball, and tennis. AKA the only sports that kind of matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, soccer matters. Rugby matters. Hey man, football didn't make the cut either. Yeah, so that's true. Footballs. English football, I mean. Oh my god, again, Canadianized. But um, uh, I think mine would be. I don't. This probably isn't exactly what he's looking for, but it's a it's a sport. I think, right? Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, that yeah, too. That too. Really is yeah, Pro Skater. Or I really like um, Underground. I think the second one's probably my favorite one. So I'll just say the remake. And um, yeah, it was fun pretending I'm really awesome at skateboarding, even though I tried to learn when I was younger and just couldn't do it. But I really like Tony Hawk. And yeah, uh, Underground was awesome too. I liked Underground. Oh, I love Underground too. I wish they'd do a, a remake of those. One day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. But we need I recently rewatched uh, some cutscenes from two. I don't think they're going to remake that one. Probably not. <laughs> but, well, we I did get we got to destroy all humans remake, and we've all played that game, right? Not true. <laughs> like they didn't change a thing. I said thang. I'm sorry, my southern came out. Thang. We even I, we even got a uh, a uh, SpongeBob remake without Mr. Krabs. I again? mean, he was in it, but no, 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 no <laughs> voice. Clancy Jones. No Clancy nope. Brown. It was just yeah. some Clancy other guy. Brown, right. 
We got a yeah, really so good question here from one of our one of uh close friends of the show here, uh number one it's Turner Number H one Turner and Hitch fan. Mm. And he says, Hey gamers, I have to say I'm looking forward to the day I have enough copies of Turner and Hooch on VHS that I can build a gaming throne with all of them. My question for you is this. If I stick a controller up my ass, will I become a peripheral? Asking for scientific reasons. Was that your American impression? Kind of. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, So first things first, the throne sounds good. I love it. Love it. Uh, uh, second of all, uh, from what I've heard about your VHS Turner Hooch collection, I wouldn't be surprised if you're close. And then uh, lastly, um, I don't know if you would become a peripheral. I think that you um, would have fun because it sounds like in this scenario, that's uh, what you're trying to do. Especially so, if it has rumble. Yeah. Have you tried getting a statement <laughs> from a medical professional? Yeah, well, the if it's, if it's a Switch controller, it'll be easier to get in there, and it's got the HD rumble. But like, if you if you manage to get a DualSense controller up there, you know you can feel that. I would not put an Xbox Duke controller up there, though. No, it does, oh, what about be... the Guitar Hero controller? <laughs> Yikes! I... Ouch! <laughs> A rock band drum set? <laughs> you know what? We need more information. What kind of peripheral? <laughs> I will get game theory up on this. <laughs> Type in Google. I'm gonna do what game I'm controller gonna do can fit up my ass? So that's that's the goal then. We're going to try to get an episode with number one Turner and Hooch fan and game theory on his guests so we can really dive into this mystery <laughs> together. <laughs> Hey, what's up? This is Game Theory. This is the show where we talk about controllers up the ass. <laughs> Can I be there too? Because I was here for this question. I need answers. <laughs> but uh, talking about more sensible questions here, Rocket League, uh, Sabrina Ray asks, a friend of the show, um, she asks, uh, Rocket League is basically soccer with cars. What other sports mashups do you think? Uh, could potentially work. Okay, I actually already have an answer for this, so I'm just going to go first. Because I think it's a pretty good one, and it's something I really want. Um, I want uh, Bioshock Plasmid uh, Baseball. (laughs) Because I think (laughs) baseball is really boring. If you're listening and like baseball, I I support your baseball love. I just think it looks boring. I think it'd be a lot cooler if we could throw some like, you know, some incinerate and some electro bolt and some telekinesis. And at that point, we could just expand this to other sports, too. You know, football with plasmids. There's a there's a lot we could do with some Bioshock sports. And I, I would Dude, be let's get some that. new Bioshock lore up in here. How It'd do they play sports? Bro? The Rapture radio. Uh, try to think of their mascot. I don't know. I, I can think of one. Um, I would like to see Heidi style action RPG mechanics in a hockey game. Yes, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. not just that sounds really cool. I want that. <laughs> yeah, with like everyone has like different traits they that come up um every time they take a break or something. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Can we just get, off the top of my head? Can we get one of those like character mash mini golf games? Mm. Where it's like characters <laughs> from different franchises play mini golf? That'd Super cool. Smash Golf. Super Damn. Smash Golf, yeah. Super Smash <laughs> Golfers. 
There we go. Mm, mm. We can't call it Hot Shots Golf, unfortunately. But... Give us but... give us a Mario Kart with water polo. Okay, Can we get I got PlayStation that. All Carts. PlayStation um, All Carts, yeah. yeah. I got another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want it to be like underwater bowling. That could be cool, but I'm thinking like I'm thinking like kickboxing, but while Luigi, because he's got those high step and long legs. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel um, like he could probably kick you. on good. stilts. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Waluigi chimney sweep. And he's just jumping from rooftop to rooftop and sweeping him real good. Mm-mm-mm. Be good. Fall Guys. Ultimate knockout. That's it. <laughs> Play- PlayStation people. Ultimate PlayStation knockout. Boom. And it's Fall Guys, but with PlayStation characters. There we go. I, I want to see a PlayStation sports game. Can we have that? Can we get that? Nathan cool. Drake can be the host. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Drake Jeopardy. The host would be Nathan Drake and Laura Croft. Yes. Okay, we're getting too ridiculous here. And talking about ridiculous, uh, number one, 50 Cent Blood on the Sound fan. He asks, all right, so you know I need to ask, do you think Resident Evil 8 will have 50 Cent in it? Obviously, it's like a cosmetic DLC because the game would be over almost immediately if you were playing as 50 Cent. That's a good point because he's bulletproof. <laughs> right, right. He, he is bulletproof, but you know, those flies, they can get in his skin, man. Mm. Uh, to answer the question, I don't know, but I would, I would be in support of some 50 Cent I'd be DLC. in support of it, but video game developers have been too afraid to get wacky. A lot lately, mm. and I don't I know if there's like tofu in Resident Evil Two Remake that you can That's play. That's also tofu. true. That's also do you rem- true. Do you I remember Snoop Dogg's in Tekken? So do you, do you remember that. when um like there would just be like random like guest characters back in the day like Darth <laughs> Maul and like Spider Man and Tony Hawk <laughs> and Shrek <laughs> and Tony Hawk, Danica Wait, Patrick what? and Sonic All Stars Racing. Shrek is, Shrek is a skater in Underground Two. I need to go buy Underground 2 immediately. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. That sounds great. His skateboard, I believe, is like his outhouse. That <laughs> is the best thing I've ever heard. If I remember correctly. <laughs> Simultaneously, the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Joseph Yaden, friend of the show. Um, I don't know. We've kind of heard of him, I guess. Um, he asks, were you all as confused as I was when you first heard Combustion by Meshuggah. It has this high heights countdown in the intro that sounds like it's offbeat, but it, it couldn't be. It's Meshuggah, after all. Turns out this, the song starts on the upbeat, making it sound like the hi-hat counting, uh, counting is off time. But it's not. If you play the entire intro sequence of a metronome and start it on the downbeat before the song actually starts, the hi-hat countdown will make sense. We'll add the absolutely 100% on time. I honestly am very confused by your question, Joseph. Um, I don't know what the hell you're going on about. Um, Give me a few hours. I, I, and... I clicked on it and it went to a really cool sounding song. I just I don't like know it. enough about the hashtag song science to get into the specifics that he is able to understand. Right. But right. I support his hashtag song science endeavors. 
let me and call, appreciate um, them ignorantly. Let me call Matt Pat real quick, and we'll start music theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all these people in my contacts. I guess I don't know. Hey, <laughs> hey, Stacey, how's it going, dude? It's a uh, it's a name theory. Oh, that's your Matt Pat impression. <laughs> no, it's more like it's game theory. Up? It's game theory. You know, he's kind of like a mix of Phil, but <laughs> thanks for but watching. Really why. Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, anyone who doesn't know Pat, I'm going to get, get blacklisted. Right I'm going to get blacklisted by him. <laughs> but yeah, Joseph, um, I, I tried listening to the song and I couldn't stand it for like more than 30 seconds. That metronome is so annoying. <laughs> He's going to kill me later. <laughs> I just listen to music that I like. Yes, yes. So yeah, I, I forgot to mention this mention this in the intro, but uh let's move on to, into what we've been playing. And he's actually been playing uh Persona 5 Strikers, and we've got a review code of it. Um I'm gonna leave a clip here of what you've been playing this week, and then we'll be right back. Hello everybody, Joseph here. I am here uh recording this on Sunday after the podcast was already recorded that I wasn't on. Chris and Josh and PlayStation, I think, uh, have taken the reins on the previous episode. So thank you to them. Um, just taking a little weekend off to hang out with the family and the partner and all that. So appreciate everybody's patience with that. Um, just wanted to check in and let everybody know about some initial impressions with Persona 5 Strikers. So this is the Muso Dynasty Warriors. Persona game that uh, it'll be out at the end of the month, I, I think. And yeah, we did get an early copy. Thank you, Atlas. And so I've just been messing around with it a little bit. Haven't gotten too far into it. Um, so far from what I've seen, it's really cool. And it honestly feels like a Persona game. Like it it straight up just feels like I'm playing Persona 5 again. Um, the only difference is that, you know, if you, if you ever played Persona 5, you know that it's like two, there's sort of two segments. There's the uh, story segments where you're walking around talking to your friends and all that. And then there's like the dungeon section where it's like a turn-based RPG. Well, the the walking around and, and story bits, that those are all pretty much the same as you remember in Persona 5. But the combat is this like hack and slash action combat, sort of like in the Dynasty Warriors games. And it's actually really cool. Um, there's still like the implementation of like using different personas, I think. Uh, haven't gotten like too far into that. That's why I say I think <laughs> um, you can still use your personas' powers and all that. I, I don't know if there are like multiple personas you can get. I think there. I think uh, that is implemented. Um, but anyway, it's really cool. There's this new character named Sophia, and so uh, at this point, I'm not. I can't say anything really about the story. But at the, uh, all I will say is, um, at this point, we've met Sophia and we're sort of uh, hanging out with her and learning about her. And the story is, like, just as, uh, <laughs> I guess, in-depth or dramatic. Moses is shaking his collar here. You probably hear him jingling around. Um, yeah, the story is, like, as in-depth and dramatic as you remember it from Persona 5. This is sort of a continuation. It takes place, I believe, six months after. So, like, at the start of the game, the, all the friends are, like, seeing each other for the first time in a really long time, like a few months. And so that was kind of nice to sort of rejoin on and Ryuji and all those beloved characters. Um, yeah, so like it's just crazy to me that this seems like it's like another fully fleshed out like 
Persona game. I don't know that it, I don't know if it's going to be another 100-hour RPG or whatever. Um in terms of the combat, which I think is like the main difference here that a lot of people probably are curious about. Um it definitely feels like, you know, the Musou games, but it's it's crazy because it's like if you're just watching it like just visually it looks like persona 5 like you can't even tell the difference right so you you kind of have to play it to sort of experience what that new gameplay style is like and i guess part of uh part of me was a little bit apprehensive like oh i don't know how this is going to translate you know it's normally turn-based and now this is hack and slash i don't know how that's going to work but so far it's been really really cool um, and I, I normally don't like the the Musou style games, um, just because they seem a little mindless and monotonous. But what's cool about Persona is that you know you've got all this story, all this exposition, and then you it's almost like a little break when you get the the action parts, right? And then you do a you do some action, you do some hacking, hacking and slashing and running around the dungeons. And then by the time you're done with that, you're like, okay, I'm I'm about ready for some story stuff. So it's a really cool balance. Um, haven't gotten that far into it, so I I can't really speak on like, you know, uh, sort of the in depth stuff with the combat, just because I haven't done a whole lot of it. I'm I'm only about a, like maybe two or three hours in, but I wanted to give my initial impressions on it because it's really cool, and I'm really cool uh, glad this game exists because you know it's been out in Japan for a while, and we've been begging Atlas to bring this over to the West and now it's almost here. So um, we'll have more to report on this next week or on next episode after we've played a little bit more. It's just, it's such a big game and there's other stuff going on right now as well. So it's kind of, you know, Firebase Z just came out. I was playing that. So, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but yeah, we'll, we'll have more to report on next episode. Wanted to give our initial impressions here. Not sure if Chris is going to talk on it or if he's already talked. I don't know. I <laughs> uh, hope everybody has had a good week. Hope everybody's been safe. Hope everybody's been eating some good food, playing some good games, watching some good shows, and taking care of yourself. So, uh, yeah, I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. I definitely agree with the things that Joseph said because he said good things about Persona 5 Strikers that I thought were good. <laughs> same yeah like that game looks amazing i haven't been able to play it yet but it's something i'm tempted to try out i really and, uh, want I'll to play it but i'm broke yes it yes, looks that's, that's it looks kind of it looks kind of good jelly not my jam for me because it's not i'm not really into that genre but in like i'm genre? excited yeah. for everybody yeah i just don't really like i love 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 zelda and i don't i don't I like age of calamity's not you know, something I want to play. Like, it's just not my genre, but I'm excited like, that Persona, you know, five people, you know, fans are getting more Persona five. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It continues the story as well. Um, which you probably mentioned, uh, earlier, but, uh, yeah, let's move on to what we've been playing. So, uh, Stason, let's start with you. Okay. So, um, this week has been really, uh, hectic for me on games. I've been playing cause I'm playing like three at the moment right now. Those being Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Crash 4, It's About Time, and Worms Rumble. Uh, tell us more about uh, uh, Crash 4 right now. You're trying to go for the platinum, Oh, right? man, I'm going for platinum for all of these, but Crash 4, oh my god. Crash 4 will probably be the hardest platinum I ever get, if I get it. Because really? it is asking too much, man. Okay, so there are 38 levels you gotta beat. 
you got 100% them. Then there's 38 inverted levels, which is just mirror mode with a weird filter. Like one filter is underwater. One filter is 8-bit. It's, it's, it's cool, but it's wild. But I got to do all of that again. I have to be every level while breaking all the boxes, not dying, and getting every gem to get a perfect relic on each level. Then I have to do time trials for each level and get a platinum relic, which is a really hard time to get. Man, it is asking too much from me. God, the Insane Trilogy didn't ask me to do this much. I feel like I'm selling my soul to Crash right now. But did oh you my. like the game originally? Like, Dude, a ca- Crash 4, as a casual playthrough, is one of the best games I've ever played. Really? Crash That's 4, cool. as a completionist, is one of the worst games I've ever played. <laughs> I'm probably the number one Crash Bandicoot fan, and I have no interest in playing Crash 4 like you're playing it. And I'm actually, like, I'm, I'm pretty good at Crash. Like, I 100% of the original games, but, like, I have zero interest in attempting Crash what you're attempting because it looks impossible. hard. Yeah. But... And a lot of the box... There's the, I've seen some videos online where, like, some of the places that they have, like, one box, like, hiding just seems kind of you know, bullshit. Cause I like the fact up, some up levels, really silly spots, some levels take like 15 minutes to complete. And the fact that they're asking me to beat it within a minute and 30 seconds. Are you serious That's without dying? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I guess we should mention uh, active quest did receive a review code of uh, crash Four earlier uh, last year, just for clarification. And we purchased it too because it's got that good flavor. True, and we, we actually gave it best flavor, uh, bro. I think we gave it like most uplifting game of the year. Yeah, in twenty twenty, um, it made yeah. me excited for Crash's future. It really did. Yeah, it, it really is. But, but yeah, uh, from what you're saying, Stason, they really should uh, change but, change no, the Crash Four is a great game when you're playing casually. Yeah. It's just a really bad game when you're playing as a completionist. Yes, because it yeah. asks too much of you. And I didn't even go over the rewind tapes. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, I could do a whole rant on how much I love and hate Crash 4 at the same time. Do you have a video on that? On your channel? I bet when I get that platinum, you'll see that. You'll okay, see that there video. You, go. That's, that's a you heard right it there. here, folks. Now Welcome I have people two subscribe. people and an audience of three people going to hold me accountable for this video. Great. <laughs> Another so, deadline. So with Worms Rumble, like I haven't heard much about it uh, since its release. So what, Wor- uh, is Worms it, Rumble is, it active? is it's active. I find a match almost okay, every cool, time. Cool. Um, I do see comments of people saying they can't find any matches, but I don't know how. Um, I like it. It's fun. It does have a few. I it does have a few issues like. Let's say you get go into a match, but all of a sudden the match ends. Like, like you couldn't load up the match. The game freezes itself. Like it soft locks. Oh. So you have to restart the app to like to play again. And like that sucks. Um, I won a last worm standing match for a trophy, and the trophy didn't pop. It is an oh. issue on PS5 versions that ticks me off because. I suck at online games, and the fact that I won one, and now I don't have the proof to show it, sucks. <laughs> but uh, it's a doable. It's my I've made it my online multiplayer plat of the year because I only do one of those a year, at least. 
but I'm enjoying it. I've mostly been devoting my time to Valhalla, though. Uh, Valhalla has been one of the biggest time consumptions of my week. Mm, mm. It's addictive, right? Like, you play, like, eight hours of it. Right, so, like, I'm on the third arc. Like, I'm really early in the game story. But I'm currently mm. level 400 right now. Wow. Oh, my God. I've cleared the map of all of its collectibles, except oh, for shit. the ones I can't get due to them being locked in, like, a story mission. Like, I don't have access to that right. area. So I've oh. done basically everything. I've killed all the legendary beasts as much as I can. I've done the whole shebang. <laughs> so, like, I'm, like, really overleveled. <laughs> like, so, it's just a four, level 400 in a level 90 arc. So, so you're not as interested in the story as the actual game. Is what I'm no, no, I'm interested in the story. Here's the thing with these large open world games. I don't like to be interrupted when it comes to the story. And the way Valhalla works and how Assassin's Creed has been working with the last two titles is certain areas you have to be a specific level. And I don't want to be at that point where I have to stop playing the story to go grind. Um, so yeah. As so what I did was I just went, cleared the map, leveled up as I went, and now I'm level four hundred and I never have to stop the story. I can do the story in one go. Not cool. worry that about being sense. interrupted. I like that. You know, because Ubisoft makes these huge games when like they tried to level cap me where like yo you got to be like level 90 but you're only level 20 so you're not going to survive you should i suggest grinding and doing some of the side content no sir i will do all the side content now <laughs> <laughs> you can't so, tell me what to do <laughs> so is assassin's creed Valhalla like really huge to you like i i've it is not I, bigger I, I've than odyssey. like 40 hours i don't think i've like scratched the surface it is really. not bigger than odyssey i will tell you that odyssey's map was huge Valhalla's you... map is doable. But there are multiple areas in the game, right? Did did you take your time uh, with the I, first? I took my time with each area. I, 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 I with each section, yes. You know, I got to explore the map as fully. And by doing so, I ran into one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I shared <laughs> it on Twitter, but I was like heading to this next collectible. And on the hillside, like, I'm far away, and this perspective of this hill in front of me was a giant white stick figure skiing down the hill. It looked like a four-year-old drew it. <laughs> and I'm all I'm thinking is, who's, which developer's kid drew a picture and the parent put their drawing in the game? Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. And like, it's on, it's on my Twitter. I will, I'll, I will give it, I'll send it to you guys after. But <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I was like, what is this? I ran all the way over to it. It's gravel. It's like gravel that you can run on, but at a distance, it's a stick figure <laughs> skiing down the mountain. Uh, we, we reviewed this earlier, and we had a copy of this from Ubisoft, so thank you, Ubisoft. But, um, hey, you got that yeah, I'm Ubisoft. looking forward to buying this yeah. Yeah. review copy when I get a PS5. Yeah, and it, it's a great game, honestly. I, I love how much detail is in the world. Like, I already have it earlier, that There was like, this really cool Harry Potter reference, and you know, there's this Excalibur, there's like, Legendary Beast. There's, it's like... It's There's kind of depth. inspired by Breath of the Wild, but when you play like a, a an average open world game, uh, it's usually filled with like filler stuff, and it's like copy and pasted kind of like environments. But you really feel with Valhalla when you're exploring it. It's like 
it has this attention to detail and they really think about the environment and like the little pathways the little rivers like how things look how how people would look at this like realistically where oh this this person would hang out at the bridge just to have a look at this like view you know Valhalla reminds me a lot of another game I don't know if y'all have heard of it but um it was developed a couple years ago it's called Red Dead Redemption 2 uh-huh. Um, the world is its own character, and Valhalla is giving me the same feelings that Red Dead Two gave me when it comes to its world. Right. Okay. I'm more intrigued in Red Dead Redemption Two now that you've said that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure Josh and Joseph have been telling you, yo, there's some weird things that happen in this game, bro. It's it's crazy. It has issues. Like, it's such a weird game because, Chris, all of your complaints are valid. But, like, it's good in spite of that. You also should try playing with assless chaps because I haven't done that, but I'll bet that would really help with the immersion and the experience. Because <laughs> then you get your butt stuck to the couch and you'd have to keep playing when you want to stop and you won't be able to stop. And you can do that in Valhalla, too. I took Bam. off all my armor to go, like diving in the snow and that was fun <laughs> let's let's dive into the snow then uh with the next game from josh resident evil 4 uh, how, how have you been enjoying the game oh i i finished um my replay and i'm in halfway through a new game plus replay this game held up just 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 fine um i haven't i hadn't done a full replay in a couple of years and um I Are you playing through it. all the Resident Evils before eight drops? Um, I'm probably not going to play eight at release, but yeah, uh, eight eight is uh kind of part of what got me to want to re- replay all of them. I probably won't get to eight right 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 at release though. But yeah, I, I replayed. Um, I did Revelations one and two for the first time, and then I replayed uh, the remake of two. And then Great I game. finished the uh, remake of three for the first time. And then, yeah, Decent I did a, game. Yeah, I really, I really I liked that it. game. Yeah, it got hated on, but uh, if I like Resident at... Evil three. But when I when I compare it to two remake, it it's, yeah. it's no contest. But if you look at it as a standalone game. Exactly. It, yeah, it, it's it, it's great. Like in my opinion, like I, I really like the action of it, and it feels like its own kind of like experience. Um, the problem is the value in money is bad, but now that it's like twenty, thirty bucks, I, I would totally recommend it. Yeah, the three remake did not feel like a sixty dollar purchase to me, no, no, no. and I bought it for sixty dollars. <laughs> That's rough. But yeah, four was uh was very very fun, and I'm like halfway through my new game plus replay and really enjoying it i um i'm looking forward to the remake of it but it's not because um of of this one not being good and not aging well i think it's aged just fine i just am looking forward to another interpretation of you know a game i already really like um i never played the original version of two but the reception for the remake of two from people that you know played the original two Great was game. you know like i would be i would be I'm, I'm sure i'd be in the same camp you know for four i'm sure i would love the remake and the original, so I'm looking forward to whenever that happens. I, I I'm gonna ask you this, like for people like me that haven't played the original game, but the remake is pretty much around the corner, like it's inevitable at this point. Um, what should I do? 
of what I think that do. the remake's got to be at least a year or two away at the earliest. And so I would right. recommend playing the original before you play the remake, because I think it'll probably be hard to play the original after, if you play the remake first. That's right. also true. I hate um, that's how I handled the Assassin's Creed series. And it was the worst way to play Assassin's Creed, too. Oh, really? I think uh, that it's 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 aged better than the other Resident Evils. If you haven't played the uh, you know, if, like if you haven't played them. Right. And you were trying to go back and play the original version of one, two, three, or four for the first time. I think four is probably aged the best. Um, part of that's because it's you know not as old, but they also did a lot of things that may not feel as new and fresh for you since they've been adopted by so many uh, you know games. But you, you'll you'll if you play it, you'll recognize a lot of stuff that you've seen other games do because it was so influential. Um. I would, I would, I know you don't have a Wii or a Wii U, but that's the rec- that's the version I recommend the most because it's just it's the Wii version just controls so well. Yeah. But it's just as I mean, it's just as good in other game systems. I just I just said my replay in Switch and that doesn't have gyro or anything, and um, I still really enjoyed it. The um controls are going to be a little stiff for you, but it it doesn't control. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. Uh, Stace and my my will probably agree with me too. The um, controls aren't as stiff as the original versions of one, two, and three. I think. I mean, it's it's a little stiff, but it's not the same kind of tank controls as uh, yeah. one, two, and three. It's it's a lot better. I think. Fun fact: I have not played any of the original Resident Evils, but thank you even for four? Me in that camp. Even uh, Resident Evil Two and Three Remake are the only Resident Evils that oh, okay. I've had the pleasure of playing so far. Gotcha. Well, I'd recommend Four to you too because it's 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 a really really good game. Like, there's like, a reason. I've watched the entire timeline on YouTube. Like, there's this huge like two hour timeline video, and I've learned that the Resident Evil timeline is more complicated than anything Tetsuya Nomura has ever played. <laughs> oh, it's, Dude, yeah, it's crazy. that are canon plays that you that were to play exclusive plays, no. play productions that you have to go buy a ticket for you know and watch there are like four plays and they're all canon wow <laughs> dude I, I kid you not i was like yep i think this is the most complicated okay. timeline ever you, you people who love uh, uh resident evil and disc on kingdom hearts just, just shut up, <laughs> Bro, please, man. Like, oh please. my god, dude! It's I so funny. You can't say anything after that. Capcom does a lot better of a job, though, at acknowledging when things are ridiculous in Resident Evil than Square does with Kingdom Hearts, though. <laughs> Square takes itself too seriously exactly. with its wackiness, while Capcom acknowledges its wackiness. They just love it. Yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 just... they love it. Whereas Square is expecting me to have a tear go down my cheek gently when Donald Duck dual wields, and I have trouble doing oh, that. Hold on, hold on. You haven't watched Goofy die yet, bro. All right. <laughs> yeah. You've seen the fake out of where Goofy takes yeah. a giant rock to the head to protect Mickey, and everyone thinks Goofy just died in front of you. <laughs> I don't want to see Goofy die. I love it. <laughs> it is, it is, and then Mickey turns to the camera and he's like, "They'll pay no. for this." He rips out his, he rips off his organization cloak. Yeah. It's got one of the coolest outfits and keyblades imaginable. And then you go on to Spree where you get to fight Heartless with Leon, Tifa, Yuffie, and Cloud Strike. It's it's pretty and then, badass. And then you fight like thousand, I, thousand enemies on the screen. 
That yeah, sounds pretty it's cool. It's just you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. It's 1v1000. Oh my god. So it's like a Muso then. And the, and pretty and then Goofy, and then Goofy's like, "Oh man, I hit my head all the time." And it hits you with that Disney joke. But it's like and then Donald beats the crap out of him. Dude, you have to play it. Okay. Eventually <laughs> okay. I'm going I'm going to do it. And then Chris, hmm. if I finish all of them if if I finish all the main games, not all of them, that'd be a good loophole for you. If I if I finish one, two, and three, then that means you gotta you'll have to but play Red Dead. That's the thing. Like you can't just play one, two, and three. Birth by Sleep, Dreams of Distance. Yeah, but BBS I have a job. I don't have time to play thirty-seven Kingdom Dude, Hearts. Each game games. is like twenty hours long, bro. Exactly. Oh, that's not too long then. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's not that long. Okay. <laughs> all right well they are all in game Cage pass too, two cage so. two is 35 hours long hey but <laughs> hey, hey uh josh what is the xbox game pass it's the best deal in gaming yeah there we go damn <laughs> uh, so Chris, i gotta hear about this i gotta hear about this uno game too i've been hearing uno. so much about it yeah man uh so i played the ultimate edition of uno uh thanks ubisoft for sending us a review code so, yeah, I ha- I've only dipped my toes into it so far just because we couldn't really figure out a time because uh, everyone's been so busy this week with uh, writing game news. And, you know, I, I wanted to play some, you know, Joseph, but it didn't really work out. Um, but, yeah, um, this is interesting, actually. It's a unique twist on Uno because um there's like the, there are like different modes of games to play. So there's like... Uh, a Just Dance 2017 mode. There's Rabbit. There's a Rabbids mode, and there's uh, a, a new one that just got implemented into the game called Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and that has a different mode as well. And they all fit. Like they changed the ga- game mechanics enough to make it fit with the general theming. Um, so, for example, with Uno, um, you can use the power of the gods uh to change up like the the how the game's being played right and then with the rabbits uh, there um you're given like it's like a, it gives you in one instance it gives the rabbits give you like a time bomb where you have to input like your choices in a really fast way and <laughs> the person with the the uh um, the last, uh, you know, uh, gets some sort of penalty, right? At least that's what I uh, believe anyway. I only played a couple of games, uh, so there may be more to it than that. But, um, yeah. Looking it's forward a great to... Of Uno, no we'll have to try to play together, too. Yeah, it's, it's um, good. It's actually really good. And um, I, I found that uh, connecting online was simple enough. is very easy on the Switch, and um, that's some that's, that's something to <laughs> praise uh, really on the Switch because uh, connectivity see, on that system is really. I always bad. see Uno on the PSN store, right? And I, I'm never tempted to buy it, but you just convinced me to actually give it a shot. Yeah, uh, uh, it's actually a lot of fun, and I, I would recommend it, especially on the Switch. I think that's a game that's just perfect on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Switch, Josh, I got one. Nice. Yes. Last yeah. episode, I didn't have one. Yeah, you, I, you, I remember you saying, oh, I wouldn't get a Switch even if Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out on that system. And I still, I, I still live by that statement. <laughs> uh, you see, um, my girlfriend bought a Switch to play Animal Crossing right. a couple months ago. 
And like since it's pretty much stays in my room, I use it. I've been playing Mario Odyssey on it, bro. That game slaps. Nice. Dude, bro. Mario Odyssey is so good. <laughs> I'm in Sand <laughs> Kingdom right now. It's slapping. Sweet. I and I still need to play that. There's a few Very Switch game. games that I've ignored uh for too long and hopefully I can get And I played to Hades. That. Hades is a great game. Hades uh, is good. T- talking about the Switch though, um I just got a console. Um I traded in the Switch Lite, uh which I've cherished for a long time. Uh, thanks to uh, Josh and Joseph for getting me that. I, I really do appreciate that so much. And it helped me upgrade uh, to the actual console itself. So I've been playing some Ring Fit Adventure, finally. Mm, good, good, um, good game. Yeah, it's, what is it? it's a great game. So basically, it's an exercise um, project released by... Uh, Nintendo, and it comes with uh, a controller that looks like a resistance band. It's, it actually is a resistance band. And what you do is you put the blue Joy-Con or the left Joy-Con on your um, leg, and then you put the re- um, the right Joy-Con on your uh, on the re- on the resistance band controller, right? And what you do is um, you your you. you it's like a RPG in a way, a turn-based RPG where you can attack by doing squats or um, doing like overhead presses and stuff. And it's actual, it gives you an amazing workout actually. Um, And it really surprised me. Uh, I I like how customizable it is too, where you can change the difficulty level on like, okay how intense do you want your workout to be today um and you can change that on the fly at any time so that's fantastic and i also uh it's not just turn-based battles though there's some exploration segments where um there's actually platforming funny enough with this so you're running on the spot and with the resistance band you can move up left right or down and by squeezing the resistance band um, you can unleash like a, a blast of fire or a blast of wind to um, to shoot like obstacles in, in the area. It's kind of like those theme park rides where you can shoot different things with lasers, that kind of thing. And then what you can do is when you when you pull the uh, resistance band, um, it actually gives you like this vacuum motion where you can suck things in, like coins and such uh and yeah it's it's very fun because it's uh making you it it gives you like time trials like so like if you do it in a certain amount of time you're you're ranking better than your friends you know um and it it, like you're properly sprinting you can jog if you want if you want a casual kind of workout and yeah like it's it's really surprised me and i've decided to play it daily yeah, uh, it's really fun too. Like it, it, yeah, it works, but it's also fun. fun. Yeah. It's it's a workout that actually feels fun. Uh, I would say, um, if you're starting out, don't go too difficult because I started out with like a really difficult workout. Uh, I did like forty squats, and it was challenging. Very Consistency challenging. is is yeah, is better. So you don't want to beat yourself up and be too tired. What I do like though is that uh, as you move along in the game, you unlock new moves like new workout moves and you level up so <laughs> you can grind for like experience of previous levels 
mm-hmm. and then work towards that boss battle, right? Yeah, that sounds um, awesome. It's it's a, it's an amazing game, and I totally recommend it, Stason, because I know Dude, you want to lose weight. That'll be the too. second workout game that I have. I I think this is the best workout game I've played, and I played a lot of them. I've I bought a Connect just for Dust Dance Central, and that didn't really work properly. And dude, I, I felt just like Dance. I lost twenty pounds from Just Dance. Really? Wow! Nice. Oh, dude, that was back when I was playing it consistently. Right. Dude, I'd play for like two hours straight, sweating up a storm. Got like awesome. the straps on to make sure I'm like sweating off all that weight. Man, I lost twenty pounds yeah. within a good month. It but, was wild, and then I got fat again. What? What? <laughs> oh, you can lose that weight now with uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Let me I try again. But, but it, and uh, here's the thing, right? It was out of stock for a long time, but I'm seeing it available in every store I go to. So Nintendo finally figured out the stock for this game, and they've made it available for everyone. So I, if you're if you really need a workout and you're bored of the general kind of like, like gym workouts you go to or, um, I don't know, routines that you follow on YouTube, um, play this game because, honestly, it gives you an amazing workout. You feel tired at the end of it, but great at the same time because you did something great during the day. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my last game is Coromon. And uh, I did a preview for this for the gamer, uh, but I'll talk about the um, and, uh, I'll talk about it right now. Um, it's uh, there's a demo out right now during the Steam Game Festival, and if you're a lover of classic Pokemon, I would actually recommend this game. Um, it's it adds like all sorts of different mechanics, like um, traits. Uh, that can really change up the battle and like each Pokemon or Coromon in this case uh, they can bring their own kind of elements to the fight um, I would say my my biggest issue of the game so far is the pacing it's it's really slow and it does you that has you do like redundant stuff rather than you know doing trainer battles and stuff like that and the intros like 30 to 45 minutes long right so if they cut that if they're able to cut that down a little bit i think it'd be more successful with uh, grabbing people you know mm-hmm. um but yeah the the combat system's great it's it's just like pokemon to the point of like oh god are they go- are they gonna get sued <laughs> you know is that is that is bordering that line you know um but yeah very enjoyable game so far um, the pixel art is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Like all the animations, all the attention to detail, it's fantastic. And if you're a Pokemon fan and you love Nuzlocke playthroughs, um, there's actually a difficulty mode within Coromon that allows that style of gameplay. So, for example, when whenever your uh, Coromon faints, you lose that Coromon forever. Right? Oh my god! Yeah, that's what Nuzlocke um, game gameplay walkthroughs are for the Pokemon Red and Blue and whatever Pokemon game you want to play, really. So, um, yeah, Coromon is uh, a pretty great game, and I'm looking forward to the full release. I I I just think there's a few issues that they need to fix. Uh, if you need more info on that, you should check out my preview um, because I, I'm pretty proud of that one. Cool. I'm gonna have to check that out and yeah. check out the game. The game looks it sounds really cool. It sounds like something I'd like to play. And, and Stason, please play Ring Fit Adventure. I think you'd really enjoy it too. 
Well, I'm tr- I, I'm trying to better myself. So I might give it a go. Um, and it's it's fun too. Like it's it's legitimately like I I like playing it, and that's important. Hmm. I think because like even if there are even even if you're do- there's like a more effective workout available. Excuse me, it's not going to be as fun. So like I honestly, you know um, what I mean. Like this is the right balance. Someone tweeted at me. I can't remember what your name is. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, but when I was talking about Ring Fit Adventure, um, there was this guy who said he was a PE teacher and he did CrossFit regularly. And this made him like really tired. <laughs> it tested him. And that's the sign of a good workout. Um, oh, for so, sure. Yeah. That, that, I think that's the biggest endorsement I've ever heard of this game. For this game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I I think Ring Fit Adventure is fantastic, and I, I'm looking forward to playing it even more. Uh, I might be, I might get it when next time I have some uh, money in my pocket. Yeah, 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 man. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm not used to closing off the show. I I was waiting for Joseph to do it <laughs> <laughs> just now. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening and uh, coping through my uh, hosting. I hope I did an okay job. You did this wonderful. Time. Fantastic. I think you did absolutely amazing. <laughs> so, uh, Stason, because you're the guest, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on two uh, platforms. You can find me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash PlayStation 13, because PlayStation was uh, not available. Because and, of me. Uh, what's, um, the, what's the spelling? Uh, that's P-L-A-Y-S-T-A-C-I-N, number 13. Uh, or you can find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash PlayStation. Uh, I tweet about gaming. I make jokes about like uh, gaming and that's about it. Uh, don't come to me if you're looking for drama because that's not me. That's with your mama. And there's a lot of drama within the Kingdom Hearts community. Oh, boy. <laughs> don't get me started. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at it's Jerkjersh, and then I also write for uh, Retroware. Um, got a couple of uh, things coming out soon that I'm working on, um, and then I'm also I also write for Parallax. I'm also working on some stuff for them right now as well. And uh, yeah, cool. And uh, you can find me at Penwell Writes on Twitter. Uh, and I have an announcement to make, I guess. Uh, I made this announcement on Twitter, but uh, might as well talk about it here. Um, I am now writing for RetroWare, uh, just like Josh. Um, and uh, I have some uh, articles coming out uh, for that website, and I've already got pictures approved, so looking forward to writing them. Um, yeah, and yeah, you can find me on The Gamer. Uh, Tech Raptor and Game Grooves as well. Uh, for Game Grooves, I think I can mention it. Bugger it. Um, I'm going to be writing about the underrated uh, Gravity Rush soundtrack, uh, which oh my should listen god, to. I love Gravity Rush soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that that game is yeah, amazing. The and main theme of play. Gravity Rush too. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So I'll be writing about that, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm very happy to be a part of this podcast and happy you guys were able to join me this week um but also you can go check out go beyond a my hair academia podcast each and every wednesday uh with one of my favorite people in the world uh vaughn hyde he's amazing he's uh very funny 
and we talk about uh, the, each and every episode in uh, in nitty gritty gritty detail. And yes, my my mouth is tired. Uh, yeah, so. I want to do a podcast like that, but with Total Drama Island. Oh my god, it'd be fun. <laughs> and Josh, do you have a new podcast coming? You were mentioning that uh, on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got another one I'm working on that's going to come out soon. I'm pretty excited about it. Can you can you reveal some details? Uh, scoop. Yeah, Let's it's going to be uh, focused on film. It's uh, me and my friend Mike. It's called Josh and Mike Watch Stuff. Oh, Ooh, okay. and we're Ooh. gonna watch stuff, and we'll be talking about it, and uh, recorded our first episode today, and we got a couple. Uh, we're gonna get a get a couple episodes recorded and uh get some stuff hammered out before we launch but probably launch it in a month or so but yeah i think it's gonna be really fun you gotta watch marriage story bro that's a good movie i've seen it it's very good i watch the clip where they yell at each other every day (laughs) you know the scene where they're like really arguing with each other it's the wall every day stacy you're a very strange man it makes me laugh (laughs) that's good because I've heard conversations like that. It makes me laugh. <laughs> and uh, you can also listen to Let's Speak Geek, uh, my geeky interview uh, podcast series where I talk to a bunch of people from the community, voice actors, uh, about their favorite stuff, like comics, uh, films, games, uh, whatever is geeky is a fair game. Hopefully, I'm going to bring on Joseph, uh, I think this week from the time you're listening to this um we've just been super busy so we haven't been i mean if we're talking and and announcing podcasts i guess i should shout out my (laughs) other podcast the platinum (laughs) thieves podcast from my boy right wrong and i discuss the games that we're playing and trying to complete uh and we go off we go on random tangents about what's what's happening in uh gaming and movie industry and yeah, uh, I I was on one of your podcasts as well. You were on the, um, you were on the Gummy Cast. That's on the Gummy Cast, yeah, we talk about like hard. once every two months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But since we're all out here making podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> it's podcast city. We should make a podcast called the Podcast Podcast, where we talk about podcasts. <laughs> How about the podcast 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 podcast? The, the PPPP. I. <laughs> You see, uh, the podcast podcast could have been like PP, and then it would be funny, and then people would would come and listen. Okay, so we're all getting loony, so I think it's about time to end the show. So, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week with Joseph. Goodbye. Later. May your heart be your guiding key. Really, May your potato be your tot. May your bandicoot <laughs> be. Cocoa. <laughs>